were at Blackbrick in Sandton, around the time of Meetings Africa, and one of those times I met Bruce, he was um, running around doing the most amazing job of introducing everybody with the right spelling and the right pronunciation, and the media introductions to the big shots, and, and I was in awe of him. I just thought, this man is amazing. He's, he's able to pronounce all these names. So welcome, Bruce Davidson, uh, CEO of BLD Group. It's such a pleasure to meet you at that time, and I think it was a few years ago now. It's been a while. We did we met at uh, Tourism in Darba. Yeah, we did. Um, I did uh, the Media Centre Tourism in Darwin for seventeen years. Wow! And um, it was an incredible contract. We had a break in between, but uh, we were pulled back into it, and we saw the development not only of Indaba into this incredible African and global showcase for tourism and for South Africa in particular, but what we also saw was the change in the way the media were working and thinking. And um, we started off with a, a group of about 800 uh, journalists um, that we used to host at the media center. And a lot of them were hosted media, come, came from all over the world, brought in by South African tourism. So the pressure was on because the brief was simple. Make sure the media were very happy. Make sure that they covered Indaba to the best of their ability and got what they needed to cover Indaba and made sure, especially the hosted media, went back and sold South Africa as an incredible destination. So when we used to set up and brief staff, and we had a very interesting staff composition, it was a deal that I'd struck with SA Tourism that my team would be complemented by the best media PR and tourism students um, in the province. So we used to write to all the tertiary education departments and um, and institutions and say to them, this is an opportunity for you to give us your best uh, students and we would train them, let them work at Indaba and walk away with a letter from ourselves and their sectorism saying they had participated in uh, Indaba and it helped them with their studies and their degrees and diplomas. And what we really wanted to do was make sure that they understood how media thought, how they worked and how they needed to be treated. I've got a very strong policy that you've got to look after media. You've got to put them at the paramount of your priorities because they are the ones that are going to deliver for you and for the client. And if they don't become friends, and friends is a wide word, but if they don't become friends, you're not going to get them to help you with your mandate. And that's exactly what we were doing, and I think we did a good job. Oh, I think you did an amazing job. And we got we left you to it when you left. We all said, well, we're not coming back next year. This place is a disaster. Well, you know, things do change. <laughs> and, and, and South Africa changed. And um, and we, we understand that we were blessed for 17 years of Indaba. We went into Meeting Africa, Meetings Africa for a couple of years. And um, I see that as a very important phase of the development of our com company. Because we were mainly sport. Um, and have developed into entertainment, but tourism was always a very, very uh, big attraction to me because my history goes back to when I left school, I didn't know what to do, and I eventually ended up studying hospitality. So, oh my goodness! Yeah, and I and I really enjoyed hospitality, and I I was headhunted out of um, hot, the hospitality industry into tennis. Tennis is my first love, and other sporting codes have become my other loves, like netball and uh, women's athletics. I'm a big champion of women's um, sport. And and so hospitality is always going to be in my blood. And I've always 
remembered that when I left, I was called into a meeting by the the, 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 the famous hotelier, uh, Bruno Cortet, and um, John von Rohan, who's since retired from the Southern Sons Group, and they asked me, why are you leaving? I mean, we really need you to stay not only in the Southern Sons, but we need you to stay in hospitality. And I just felt that this calling to tennis and by the former South African Tennis Union, this was in the bad dog days of apartheid, um, tennis was one of the top three sports in the country and they approached me to be a regional director and I, I loved it so much that to now work and earn money doing my tennis every day. Really. It was so, and in fact, when I took, and when I took the job on um, as regional director, I actually went down in package to what Southern Sons were paying and what they promised. But I really loved tennis and I loved sport and um, it was just the move that I made. But it was a great move because that's what I still and do now. now. And, I, and I just love it. It's just an absolute passion for me. I've been blessed to work with some incredible sporting coats at some incredible events, not only in South Africa but around the world, and meet the most amazing people. And I think the highlight is working with some of the world's biggest and best sportsmen that have made a huge impact on not only the sporting world but society in general, like Rafael Nadal, who I've worked so closely with since he was 11 years old. And he is an inspiration to everybody, not only a sportsman, but you walk in the streets and you just talk about Rafael Nadal, you talk about Roger Federer, you talk about people like Tiger Woods who went through the, the most but is still there and is still an inspiration. To have worked with those people, Serena Williams, um, these are big names and they are so inspiring to not only me and my family, but to life in general, the struggles that they've been through, the, 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 the amount of effort they have to put in to stay at the top. And I think we learn a lot of lessons from those type of people. So that's been a big inspiration in my career. I think you've done an amazing job because I watch you on Facebook. I'm very fortunate to be on your Facebook page. <laughs> so whenever I look, it's, it's uh, you somewhere in the world. I mean, the travelling is obviously um, also a gift because I know that wherever you are, you make the most of where you are because your photos are, are always fun and, yeah. and, and lovely. To, oh, he's there and he's in Spain and he's in New York and he's having fun. That's a very important uh, question and a good one. Travel expands the mind. Absolutely. I've been to, I think we worked it out the other day, 171 countries um, in my lifetime, which is a lot. And I've then, only been to 84, so I'm close. <laughs> well, well, you know, I just, I just have to, I've had to go back to a lot of countries, like the Grand Slams in tennis, only in the four big major cities of New York, uh, London, Paris, and, and Melbourne. So you have to go back every year. Absolutely. So, so you don't really expand. But I was very blessed to to, to travel um, with sport to a lot of countries, all continents. And when my daughter was born, Amy, I made it very clear um, to uh, my ex-wife, Linda, who's been a huge part of my success story and the companies. I said to her, we've got to let Amy travel because that is how she's going to absolutely become who she is today. And wow. I remember we made a decision to send her to a Montessori uh, preschool because we knew that they were free and the education was free-spirited. And they said to us that 
you can take her out any time to travel with you anywhere in the world because when she comes back, her brief would be to tell all the other students where she's been and what she's learned. Oh, that's awesome. And then she moved to another school, and I'm not going to mention the school, but that became problematic because they didn't want her to travel with us. Oh. <laughs> and she said, Dad, I'm missing out on these, these trips. And I said, well, you're at the school and they don't want you to travel. And she actually made the decision without us that she was going to leave that school and go into homeschooling. And we said, but we can't teach you, we're too busy. She said, no, I've found a homeschooling centre that I'm going to go to. And they said, when I spoke to them, that I could travel because it was important for my growth. Oh, my goodness. So I was blessed that I had a daughter that learned from what I was doing. I must say, Linda didn't like to travel too much. She's a South African home girl. She <laughs> loves to walk into the house and, and play with the dogs, but... I travelled and Amy has travelled a lot with me. So, you know, on Facebook, <laughs> my Facebook was always a contentious issue, not only with clients, but also with uh, my daughter. She says I post too much. But I oh, could you do <laughs> Could you know? I think a lot of people kind of do the Facebook is such a bad place. And I'm thinking, no, you make it a bad place. But mm. it can be a place of extraordinary pleasure for people who cannot travel, bedridden, yes. um, elderly, um, and they look at your pictures and they live mm. your life. By watching you. Well, I, I, I do, I do find that a lot, that people are inspired by my way of life. So, absolutely. Not maybe me as a person, but just the way I live my life. Yeah, and I, I, do. I have always been a, a firm believer that age is just a number. I'm 60 years of age and I don't feel 60. You cannot be and, younger than me. But I'm not alive. I don't believe, uh, you know, age, age is just a number. So I don't worry about age. And I do believe that, you know, You've got to expand as you get older, especially because you can kind of go into a stagnant stage in your life. But you also get to meet other creeds and cultures. Promise you. I think you become a lot more um, amazing. What's the word? Uh, You become a lot more. able to deal with people on different levels and different walks of life. Because you meet with so many cultures, you've got a lot of, uh, you, you, you are kinder, because you think, okay, they don't think like me, that's okay. But True. if you've never traveled, you don't know how to integrate somebody else's life with yours. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I've got a, a, a philosophy, and, and, and let's, let's use South Africa as an example. First of all, I don't believe South Africans, especially white South Africans, are experiencing true South Africa. I do believe that we have the most beautiful beaches, we have beautiful um, we have mountains, we have the World One Country, it was a slogan that SA Tourism used yeah. for many years, but that changed. But I do believe that the tourist that comes to South Africa would get more out of their trip if they discovered the cultures that we offer, because we are so diverse yes, as a country. And it, it, it hurts me when I go down to Cape Town or I spend time at home in Johannesburg and I go on a Saturday or Sunday to a groove in Soweto, which I enjoy. I love the vibe. That there's not too many white people around me. I've got the this nickname of being Mumu by all the, <laughs> all the people that I, 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 I hang around with. And I just find that when I'm in Cape Town and I go on a Sunday afternoon to Rands in Kailitsha, it's just the most amazing experience. And I don't have to be there until six in the morning. I just go there for a few hours, but I'm so uplifted by how black South Africa have managed to entertain themselves um, and 
We forced them to white South Africa. We just didn't allow them to be part of our structures. But now South Africans, white South Africans say to me, was it safe? Were you safe? <laughs> I'm saying, guys, it is safer than everything. I go in there, they look after my car, they even wash it. When I come out, is it, it's washed. I mean, I just can't believe it. And I just think that South Africans need to broaden a little bit their minds. And well, I mean, my car broke down in Soweto because I went to go help a fellow uh, presenter. He was struggling with online radio and I'm fairly clued up, so went off to help him. And my car broke down. Um, the clutch went and I've got a little Fiat. And I'm taking photos and I put them on Facebook and I'm like, guys, this is where I'm stuck, check it, the goats crossing the road. And they're like, oh my God, you're in Soweto. I said, yes, and the problem is, and they said, but aren't you scared? I said, of what? If the guards are anywhere, they're in Santa taking your car. I think we have to be real. We have to be real. South Africa is challenged. It's very challenged. But I really do believe that, you know, we have got such an amazing amount of cultures in South Africa. I mean, got... 11 official languages. And I mean, the sporting events bring them together. Look how sporting events brings rugby. If you look at rugby, look yeah, at the stands. Absolutely. Are. The stands are crowded with all kinds of yeah, walks of beautiful. life. It's, it's a beautiful. wonderful thing. And Nelson Mandela hit the nail on the head when he said, and, and it was a very big part of his whole integration of white and black South Africa, the, 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 the yeah. and that whole movie. But we've seen it a lot in, 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 in sports events that are running all over. We've seen how people are pulling together. The, the most recent one was the Momentum Proteus getting to the final of the T20 Women's World Cup. I mean, how awesome was that? 40,000 sold out, record crowds at Newlands. And we've all, I've been a champion of women's sport for so long. I've been involved in netball, women's tennis, bowls, hockey, athletics. But you must have that. Bufana, Bufana, Banyana, Banyana, going yeah. to Turkey during the earthquake was a bit challenging. <laughs> Just before they left, I actually was at a function with Israel's uh, Ellis, the, the, the coach, and, and they had to play somewhere, and they had to play before the World Cup. Because remember, this well, could they play in a non-earthquake shipping There country? was nothing. There was nothing <laughs> available to them. Um, that, that They were so restricted when it came to... Um, tournaments where they could get match play, which is so critical for any team going into a World Cup. And remember in 2023, we've got so many World Cups. We've got the Netball World Cup in July and August in Cape Town. We've got the, 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 the Women's Soccer World Cup. We've had the T20. It's an amazing opportunity for women. And they had to travel and they had to play because without competition before a World Cup, without hard-fought matches, and we've just done the Indoor Hockey World Cup, which That's right, was, yes. was in Pretoria, those teams were getting up at 6 or 5 in the morning to go and play practice matches before play started because there's only one indoor court and it had to be shared by all these countries. And I realized the importance then, in all my years of sport, that was where I realized the importance of a team or an individual playing actual matches, not just practicing, before they go into competition proper, because then it finds groups, groups seven. And that's why I think they had to go to Turkey and take the invite out. Oh, but at the end of the day, it's the way it is. 
And they certainly did better than the Yeah. Going back to that, you know, I just feel that South Africa embraced the cricketers. We sold out 40,000 on a couple of days. Absolutely. And I just believe that not only women's sport, but I think sport in general is now being embraced by more South Africans. And yes, sport is a unified. It definitely is unified. And um, I've seen it firsthand. And I think you're very, uh, I, I just cannot believe that you've been involved with mostly women's sport because I've watched uh, the Smart Legends, yes. uh, Smart Netball, and I see the Netball uh, World Cup is coming here. In, yes, uh, we're so July. excited. In the first time the, the Netball World Cup is coming to Africa, it'll be in Cape Town in, in July and August. Um, it is just such a global showpiece. 16 of the world's top nations in the world are coming. In fact, the Netball World Cup after the Olympic Games, a soccer World Cup, is one of the biggest World Cups of any wow. sporting code. So they're expecting about 400,000 uh, visitors into Cape Town. It's a, a lot. I know that already. Are they going to be playing in Joburg at all? No. They just play at the... Hopefully you'll use Black Rick in Cape Town for a booking. Well, there is, there is a hotel group that has signed as the official, um, you know, um, uh, hotel chain of the World Cup. Um, and I know that they've got a couple of properties in Cape Town, but it doesn't stop any team staying every anywhere because they can't. And we also meet some of the visitors coming to watch the match. We'd stay there as a visitor. Well, they must, Black Brick must get onto the bandwagon and start promoting their properties and their uniqueness um, because it's, uh, it's, it's an opportunity for everybody. And that's what World Cups are all about. We've just seen the E, uh, Formula E, which brought in a lot of people into Cape Town. It was a weekend. And what happened when it was part load shedding? Was the cars able to get shot? They all have a backup plan. <laughs> they have a back, but that's a challenge. Did you see how much we smiled about this? Yeah. Like, no, but it is a challenge. I mean, coming here, uh, <laughs> I, I, I was going to come and have a chilled coffee and, and prepare. And I got here 10 minutes later than I planned because we were challenged. That's yeah. the way it is. And, uh, and, 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 and sad that South Africa is going through that because, you know, it's such a beautiful country with so much opportunity. We need to get above those things because it is going to be a challenge encouraging business, encouraging sporting events, encouraging tourism when we are faced with these challenges because with this electricity yeah. problem we've got for many years, things become more dangerous. But I you know, Bruce, I get, I, I'm a South African and in fact, um, the guy who came out here from CNN, Richard, he said one of the things that completely blew him away was the South Africans' ability to deal with every hurdle they throw at us. And, and I thought, yes, you're right. We actually do that. Sometimes to our detriment because we just accept. But I also think the world has to change the way it works. We cannot keep digging uh, coal out the earth. We're eventually going to go through coal and not have an earth because there won't be anything left. But if we can continue to harness, like we harness the sun now for solar power, we harness other things that we can change the way we live, it forces us to change the way we live. And I, we've just done it. We've gone off the grid. We have oil water, we have a water heater, we have solar power, and we built a log home. So we, we don't need all that stuff that make, but I mean, we're in isolation. We, we can't change the robots and we can't change the, the, the infrastructure of the country. But I also think, 
you know what, maybe it's time to change the world's thinking and say, guys, we all need to go solo. We all need to try and make an impact. And I know it's expensive right now, but maybe if there's somewhere, and I, listen, I'm not a, a what do they call no, those people? You know, that Jeanine, we're, so, we're so late in all of this. I know we are. We have been speaking about this for years. We, I know. We, we, a, uh, four former uh, deputy president of the United States, Gore, um, he, he warned the world about this. Yeah. And he was not lukewarm was their reception to what he said. And people didn't think that this would happen. And now it's reality. And now it's a reality. You know, and global warming is a very big reality. I was in the Seychelles and um, I was staying in a guest house in the Seychelles owned by former South Africans. And they said they don't think they'll be around for five more years. They think that Seychelles is going to be underwater really? in five years' time. One of the most beautiful set of islands in the world, which is the, the, the favorite destination of so many Italians, so many French, so many celebrities. They don't believe they're going to be around. We've seen it with the Maldives. The Maldives are going through a huge scare at the moment, and 17 of their top properties are probably in three years' time going to have to close oh, because the water levels are so high. So this reality is coming Three. But maybe that's what puts us ahead of the pack. Because of the challenges we face, mm. we actually have to be ahead. We've got a lot. Uh, we've oh, got a lot to go. You know, if I drive through from the west to the centre of Joburg, you know, driving through different municipal boundaries, municipalities should be the forefront in helping their communities get going. I mean, our municipalities are so in debt. Uh, 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 and it's a big problem because, 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 you know, traffic lights should go solar so that we can Absolutely. still run to meetings. At, Correct. For me to now leave an hour and a half earlier for a meeting. It means you've lost an hour. I've lost an hour of work. work. And I know virtual is a big thing and we've all learned how to do things virtual, but not everything is possible virtually. No, I you, agree. You see, and, and there's nothing more. I've done better deals face-to-face, and yeah, I have virtually. Me too. It, 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 it's just better. So I mean, you I see, there's a chat. Now, this is where someone like Blackbreak, and I'm just using okay. it as an example. I set up a series of meetings. I move into a hotel environment like this with this workspace, and it's a, it's a part hotel. I just come here for three days, do everything I have to do in this area because everybody's around me. And then I get to see the best of South Africa because I then drive to Northern Natal and I see a couple of clients there while I'm seeing the animals outside my window. I then do all my meetings in Northern Natal. So I'm fortunate, more fortunate than most. I mean, I'm, I'm always talking about myself in isolation. But I wish the rest of South Africa could, but they can't. They have to drive to work every day. They've got to be yeah. able to. Well, I, in, my, in my office environment, I've realized that I don't need my staff in, in the office every day. No. They're working from home. It's saving on transport, it's saving on, on, time. on, on time, and, and they appreciate it. And, and I also think, from, a, from a, a, a production point of view, I think you get a fair amount of production out of that. I, I think you do, but the, the, the one thing that South Africans do lack, which unfortunately I have to bring to light, is discipline. There are, se- there are segments of our society that do lack discipline, and um, unfortunately when you do, as a an executive like myself have to make a decision on your company staff working from home. You have to call them in and tell them that this is serious discipline because nobody's watching over your shoulder. 
So you're staying at home two or three times a week, coming into the office for the other two days, and there is nobody watching you. We are totally relying, and I'm not one that's going to have devices. The micromanagement. And I can't. You've got to do your work, and you get it done properly. I think there's a lot of companies that have done that, and I think it, it works for some. Some And I've had some staff that have had to stop that, that policy because they haven't been disciplined, and they haven't been connect, contactable um, when we need them, and they're supposed to be working. And so, so it's not a good time to visit pick and pay at eleven o'clock in the morning. I don't go to pick and pay. Shop and stop. What I'm saying is, it, 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 you know, it, it, what I what I'm saying is that there's got to be some sort of very clear understanding. Absolutely, and then it'll work. Because when I go online and I need to now all of a sudden send out a media release, and my person is at home um, putting that together. We've got to get it out at eleven o'clock. No, yeah, absolutely. And, and I might get a call at eight o'clock to put it out at eleven o'clock. So then, if I can't get hold, then we're under severe pressure. Absolutely. So yeah, but I think it's things have changed. We 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 we're seeing it. We we have a problem here also with our electricity problem. Now to go on to electric cars is not going to be the best thing. No, because um. I was at Black Brick over the road and I saw the the, the, the entire uh, mini um, power charge section for all mini miners. It was there. And the lady came down to get her car and she realized that there had been load shedding and the car wasn't charged. <laughs> so I think that's something that we've got to bear in mind. And, and those are the challenges that I'm talking about. But we do definitely Absolutely. have to start looking off the environment and and understanding that we've got to save the world. And what's because, the future for BLD? Well, the BLD group is is, is, is in, a, in, a, in a transitioning stage now. First of all, media has changed. The way Correct. media yeah. are thinking. So, you know, we know that the digital space is such a big space. We know that... Um, you know, the traditional media is to be respected and still will be there, but things are changing. I'm, I'm noticing it with all the media houses. They're not as stopped as they were. Um, I'm noticing that consulting is becoming a very big thing um, above employment. So companies are bringing in consultants to replace permanent employees because it's saves them a lot on the medical aid schemes and the pension schemes and they're just paying the retainer and getting the work done. Um, but we, we you know, we, we, we've ventured into entertainment, which is a big thing in South Africa. People like to be entertained and we believe that there is a, a, a scope there to help entertainers who haven't really been looked after to make sure that they negotiate the best deals for their gigs. So we, we've gone into that. We still are very involved in, in the event and media and PR space. But, um, you know, we, like many companies, are rethinking the way we're going to move forward. So we're in that space at the moment. Um, do I want to work forever? No, I don't. But I can't sit around and do nothing. So, and I have to tell that to my staff because they're always worried about me not being there and then maybe they won't be there. So, uh, you know, we, we, we say, no, there's always space for you. I'll always consult. I'll always do it. But maybe I'll take it a little bit easier. Uh, <laughs> you, I don't know. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I, mean, I, think, I think we're in that transition space and, and we're looking. But there's always a need for expertise to consult to client. Always. In any sphere. Um, you bring in someone that has been there 
has got the knowledge and it helps you really deliver on 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 what you your your aims and objectives are so to me that's where we are consultation is such a big part of our business and to make sure that we can sit in a boardroom and speak to directors and they say okay let's make the decision now in other ways um you never perfect you never right but if you need no, something. you're wrong there. My husband says I'm always perfect and I'm always right. Oh, that's, 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 but, but, I, I, I do say it because I've, I've seen it. But we give given a prime example. We've got a new client, a new corporate that has gone into airport, and I've been in that space for years, twenty seven years in fact, and they have never dabbled in netball. So when they called me in to address the board and management about netball and the opportunities in netball because they hadn't made a decision and the investment was going to be substantial. We're talking a multi-million rand investment. They had three sporting codes where they could make the decision and netball was where they wanted to go but they weren't quite sure if they were going to invest into the sport. So when they spoke to me and asked me questions and asked me to present why is netball a good investment, then I understand there is place for a consultant. Whether it's hospitality, whether it's absolutely independent, yeah, absolutely, and 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 I I felt good walking out of that boardroom, um, knowing that I maybe done justice to netball, but I helped the company understand the decision making better, and so maybe that's where Billy will go. I'm not sure. Because hard work is hard. <laughs> you know, we, we, right, we, we did a hockey World Cup. First game was 7 in the morning. We had to open the media center at 6. Last game was 10.30 at night. Had to close at 11.30. Then you've still got to go home, unwind, and then you've got to be up at 5. And, and it's 7 days. I mean, come on. It's tough, man. That's tough. And we, we are getting old. And, you know, we still have to go to the gym and try and move. Because that's another problem. As you get older, if you stop moving, you're not going to move at all. Bruce, so it's been such a pleasure. Uh, Bruce Davidson, CEO of BLD Group. Um, you must find him on Facebook. He's wonderful to follow. Um, all his adventures and the things that he does. And, the, and, and just you bring such a... You bring such a brightness to our world. I've really missed you at the media centres because now they're not at all fun. <laughs> well, just make them fun. Balls in your court, but it's been an absolute pleasure. And I love your work and uh, keep uh, keep smiling. Thank you. I'm Janine Preston of Life is a Beach.